Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Mickey Kennedy online. Mickey, how are you? Good. How are you? I am great. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. Um, you do some amazing work in the PR world and, and press releases and with your organization. As we were talking about in the in the pre-show, I was uh, shocked that it, you know, it's over 20 years ago, or 20 years old, I should say. So uh, share a little bit about you, uh, the organization, then we'll dive right in. Okay, so um, I started e-releases uh, about uh, it'll be twenty three years in October, and around twenty five years ago, I was in grad school and. Um, uh, still working full time, I was working at a telecom startup, and we were doing broadcast faxing for our press releases. So I was programming a fax machine with a hundred numbers, sending. It would take all day. The next day, I'd delete all those numbers and add eighty to ninety more because we had one hundred and eighty, hundred ninety contacts. And because we were publishing telecom statistics, we started to get phone calls from journalists saying, "Could we email over a Word document or something so they could copy and paste the numbers?" Uh, because there's a lot of numbers there, and they didn't want to transcribe from paper. And so light bulb went off. I mentioned it to my boss. I was like, you know, really should do press releases through email. Uh, and he said, that sounds like a good business. You should start it. So I spent about a year uh, contacting journalists. And when I launched, I had a database of about 10,000 subscribing journalists. And uh, that's pretty much what we've been doing ever since. Um, over the years, PR Newswire reached out to us and said, hey, you should also send your releases through us. Um, they're the oldest and largest Newswire press releases. And uh, my counter to them was, uh, my, I'm, I'm charging my clients two to four hundred dollars. Uh, you charge a thousand dollars to move a release nationally, and so we went back and forth, and we eventually came up with a custom national distribution that they offer all my clients, and our pricing is still uh, very affordable, two to four hundred dollars. So, uh, you know, my whole uh, goal with the business has been to help small businesses and startups and authors, um, you know, get. Uh, a, an opportunity to get out there in the media and hopefully have that translate into something and turn into articles. That's amazing work, and I'm I'm thrilled that you were able to negotiate a, a fair rate with with them because yeah they've they've been the go to for a long time and uh, being able to utilize you know the best of both worlds you know and you know their their system which of course is a lot more automated and new and. And, and current than it was probably when you first reached out to them. Uh, so it, it's great that you, you know that people that use your services get access to all that. So let's talk about a press release and, and why it makes sense for entrepreneurs, authors, you know, like, like you said, and, and other people that want to get some information out there. Why is it important to to utilize these services? I think it's um, all about leverage. Um, if you do an ad online, um, you know, a lot of times a successful ad campaign is you you uh, you, tr you try, you test, you. Spend waste a couple thousand dollars, but eventually you find that if you put in a hundred dollars in ad spend, you might get three, four, five hundred dollars in revenue. And for a lot of small businesses, they just don't have that 
upfront capital to invest. Uh, and um, also they, they may not even have the capital to spend very much on advertising itself. Um, but for a press release, you can spend uh, just a few hundred dollars and potentially, uh, you know, uh, get a lot of media coverage. We did a one release for um, initiative last year during the pandemic called the Dining Bond Initiative. And they sort of borrowed the war bonds uh, uh, concept. And it was something that would tie in with all your, um, a lot of local restaurants uh, all over the U.S. and help them um, because they're closed and give them an opportunity to be able to sell gift certificates um, at uh, 50, uh, 50% discount. And uh, they they got enormous uh, pickup. I think it's the media was looking for something positive at the time. It seemed like a really good endeavor. Um, they really did a good grassroots effort of, of, of crowdsourcing local um, restaurants nationwide and getting them in there. Uh, we stopped counting at 150 publications, but everybody, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, uh, all the food uh, trade publications and magazines picked them up. Um, it really got an enormous amount of uh uh, exposure. And they also got, you know, hundreds of thousands of customers going uh, and supporting their local uh, restaurants, millions of dollars uh, of, of, of revenue was created for these restaurants during a time where they, you know, greatly needed it. And that happened for just a few hundred dollars. You could not have replicated that through paid advertising or anything along those lines. Yeah, for those that have you know spent money on on Facebook ads and they went nowhere, um, I always tell people it's like you're better off going to the casino and not knowing what you're doing. You're gonna probably have a better chance of getting some revenue back than from Facebook. I know some people have been able to monetize it, but I've talked to a lot of people and they all nod their heads. So um, I think more people have lost than have won. But that is just one great example of of many that you know, a simple and I say simple, but you know, there's an artwork, an art form to writing a good press release, and we'll get into that in a moment. But that initiative tied into a need that the community all had, because I think everyone, especially during the pandemic, has felt horrible that one, they can't go to a restaurant because, well, you know, we want to go, we want to sit and enjoy and all that stuff. But on the other side, it's like we know the livelihoods of those people have been dramatically impacted because they're not able to operate uh, to the level that they've been able to. Maybe they can do some carry out, but that volume nowhere near matches what a normal weekly churn of customers coming in and, and dining at their establishment has done. Uh, and, you know, I know people personally that, you know, have lost their jobs. I know restaurants that I've gone to for years have closed for good. And seeing an initiative like this, just from an idea and saying, okay, we want to do something to help. And I love the, you know, the war bonds type of thing. And for, you know, many people in society, they may not understand what that was like, but look it up and, and look what that did and how that was able to help people along during a very difficult time, like what we're going through right now. So let's, let's dive into a press release and what makes a good press release and some things that people should try to avoid or should avoid uh, when they're, when they're crafting one. Right. So, um, uh, press release is usually written in the third person. Um, it's objective. It is kind of boring. Uh, they're not very exciting. Uh, generally, if you have some elevated language or some flourish, you keep that in a quote where you quote uh, a person uh, 
uh, in the in the press release. Um, the headlines the most important because on the newswire things get streamed by headline according to industry, and a journalist will click through uh, if if that headline seems interesting to them. Uh, for that reason, the opening sentence and opening paragraph is probably the next uh, most important thing because its job is to pull you into the release and get you to read. Um, you basically are going to be talking about the who, what, when, where, how, why of uh, your announcement and support it usually 400 to 600 words on average. Um, you may have a boilerplate at the end, which is just a paragraph that usually begins about company and then uh, talks a little bit about them. That gets recycled and used throughout um, future releases. Um, you can update it as you need, but it's just a really um, almost like an elevator pitch of what your business is and what it's about to give some context. Um, um, and then uh, a media contact is really important. Uh, uh, for the Newswire, they require a phone number. And uh, the reason for that is uh, when a journalist is on deadline, they're on deadline. And when something's going to print and they've already written the article and then a managing editor at the last minute says, I'm not sure that third sentence reads right. Could you clarify that with the the person? And uh, they need to get a hold of you hold of you quickly. Otherwise, the story may be cut, and there's no uh, guarantee that it'll make it in the next day's run. Um, it's just one of those things that you, you want to have availability. Um, email address is optional, but highly recommended. Um, the only downfall to media contacts is some people use it for sales and marketing purposes because it's out there. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, I don't see that happening more than, you know, on average, might two people might get two to four uh, uh, sales and marketing calls. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, that's just part of being public and getting your stuff out there. Uh, I feel like the most important part of the press release is really not the writing. I used to feel just the opposite. I used to feel like if you wrote a press release really well, then you would get media pickup. And what I found is a lot of well-written press releases every day don't get media pickup. And it's because of what's being announced. And so now I've backed away and started to focus a little bit more on strategy and being strategic with your press release. Um, when you pay to go through a service like e-releases uh, and go over the wire, there's real cost there. And it may not seem like much for, but if you're a very small business, two to $400 uh, could be a lot of money. And so you want to make sure that you're, you know, uh, fishing with the best bait. And so uh, I, I really feel like if you can be strategic and say something that's uh, at, uh, ultimately uh, the readers or viewers want to hear about, then the journalists will give you access to them. Uh, their job is to sort of be a gatekeeper. And you have to keep in mind, you have your goal of wanting to get your news out, but can you uh, reposition it, state it in a way that makes it really appetizing and of interest um, to, to those readers? And, uh, you know, a lot of people feel like they're just not newsworthy. They don't have a lot going on. You know, uh, Mickey said you, you don't want to do it with just a mediocre uh, press release idea. What what can you do? And one thing that um, almost anyone can do is a survey or study. Journalists love data and numbers, and generally, if you have a hundred or more respondents, um, they'll um, you know treat it uh, accordingly. And so, uh, you know, we had an odd repair shop 
um, I think it was in Pennsylvania, did a survey and they aligned themselves uh, with a uh, small trade publication, a small trade association and said, could you send this survey to your members? And uh, they did. It was other auto repair shops and uh, they uh, got the responses. And one of the things I suggested was to include a couple quirky questions. So they just had an open-ended one, like what was the strangest thing you've ever found in a customer's car? And they wrote it in and it got like respondents back, like, uh, you know, pet boa constrictor, uh, grandma in an urn, things like that. And uh, when the article uh, eventually, uh, eventually, articles started to appear as a result of the survey and study and the press release that went out, a lot of them used that, like 10 strangest things found uh, in, in cars uh, from uh, independent auto repair shops uh, nationwide and things like that. And so uh, those, and, and, and all of that got exposure for that local business in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, even local media picked it up as well. And uh, for them, it, it um, gave them uh, traffic. It also gave them um, uh, better search engine rankings because a lot of these news outlets are have high authority and they're linking to uh, this this company in Pennsylvania. And they weren't sure that it would impact locally uh, for actual customers, but they said that a lot of people came in and said, I saw online that, uh, uh, that study you did. That's crazy, man. You know, that people uh, find these little quirky things in here. And so that's something that anyone can do with a little bit of work. Um, you, you can set up a survey in SurveyMonkey or even use Google Forms for free and partner with a, a trade association or uh, if you have enough leads or your own customer base is large enough, you can send it out to them and and not have to go through a trade association. Uh, the benefit of working with a trade association is it does give you a little bit more credibility in that press release. So uh, the independent and smaller trade associations love uh, love this because it gives them media exposure. It's the large trade associations that get all the praise and all the recognition in the industry. So the smaller ones are, are very hungry for that. So they would love to partner with you um, for, for something like that. So that's, that's one way in which you can sort of make your own news. Uh, another thing that you can do is uh, you know, research your industry for blind spots. Uh, we had a local carpet company in New Jersey that approached me once and said, I want you to do a PR campaign monthly for me. And so we took uh, and, and did a series of releases. I did tell them initially, I didn't think they were going to have much media pickup because uh, it's a local carpet company in New Jersey. You know, all the stuff that we ask, what do you do that's unique? What makes you different? They really didn't have a lot of answers for that. And then on, uh, we had just done month five. I, I said, you know, Let's brainstorm here. Who's your enemy? And yeah, it was the big box home improvement stores. I was thinking it'd be another local carpet company, but it wasn't. And he talked just through this path of how they compete against them and how they have to compete against them and their strategies that they use. And I said, let's do a press release on that. Um, I think that the trade publications would probably find that of interest. And he goes, no, nah, they don't really report on marketing, but we could give it a try. So we did. 
And every floor trade publication picked it up, every single one. Uh, I, I didn't realize there were over 10 uh, that, uh, that were out there. And uh, a lot of them gave us feedback saying this was like the, uh, the most talked about article uh, that we had published in quite some time. And uh, we started to send more releases on marketing and, and they, they just ate it up. And the, the thing that my client did, and I didn't tell them to do this, but it was brilliant, was they started going to show to give people's quotes in their home and bringing this big brag book of clips. And so uh, they had also got picked up in their local newspaper. And that seems to always happen. Once you get a little bit of critical mass and trade publications, uh, it, the media just starts to come a little bit easier and a state uh, magazine picked them up as well. And so they put all that in this binder and they just share it with the, uh, the customer and say, look, we've been recognized by, you know, floor trades today, uh, you know, uh, wood floors tomorrow, you know, whatever these trade companies are. And they go through it and it's a huge credibility boost. And what they did was they started to convert 20% more uh, customers. The, they started winning more bids and they started to charge a little bit more. They used to try to underprice what they thought Home Depot and Lowe's was going to charge. And uh, they're a little bit higher. And one of the things they say is, oh, we're probably not going to come in with the lowest quote, but we're you know recognized in the industry and we use superior padding that's going to uh, last and, and hold up over the years. And we know who's going to install your floors. Many of the people that work for us work for us for decades and we pay benefits. And the people that uh, Home Depot and Lowe's hires are just pickup contractors and they can't tell you who's going to be there next week, uh, more or less who's even going to be there tomorrow to put your floors in. So um, it, it worked really well for them. And that's how an offline company was able to, to use that to their benefit, uh, despite the fact that the articles were never put in front of their customers until they did it themselves at the time that they were writing quotes. I love that story. And even though they were this local independent you know, flooring place in New Jersey, when those trade magazines picked it up, that's read internationally or across the country anyway. So somebody, a, a little independent flooring shop in Biloxi or in Phoenix or where, and, and they're all competing with the same big box. Uh, they could say, wow, these are some great tips that I can do. Any of those small businesses, you know, get a 10 or 20% increase in business. That's life changing. That means they can grow and expand. Maybe they can open up a second location. Maybe they can hire more contractors and hire people and pay benefits. I, I love that analogy too, because a lot of people, especially during this pandemic with lockdowns and things like that, with a lot of the smaller businesses not being able to stay open where some big boxes were able to stay open a little bit. There, there seems to be a movement for people wanting to obviously shop local, but also, you know, really help out, you know, their fellow neighbors, because that's who these people are. Sure. They're our neighbors. So when you have that opportunity, and I, and I love the fact that they also said, hey, we're not going to be able or not choosing to, let me rephrase that, to, you know, price ourselves lower than the big box companies because we don't want to. We, because we, we want to do these things and you're going to get quality care, whatever they're buying. And I love, love that. So uh, another, let's switch gears just a little bit. So a lot of my audience is authors and, you know, they have new books and many of these books, thankfully, you know, are timely 
of what's going on in the world right now. So they, they take the opportunity of going, okay, let's see what's going on in the world. Let's write a book about that. So how, how should they approach a press release and, and reaching out to media? And, and if their desires are to get in, especially if it's a really timely issue, you know, morning television types of things and all of that, you know, what are some mechanisms that they could use to uh, give themselves a better chance? No guarantees in this world, but right. at least a better chance of, you know, being picked up on, you know, a few print medias or you know, potentially a morning show somewhere. You know, what are some ideas of, of right. things that you've seen have worked anyway? I think um, be prepared um, by providing topics um, that a producer or booker could easily see in a press release when you're announcing it. Uh, if you're an author, of course, you're announcing the book to the world, but also include some topics that you would be available to, to, to discuss um, that might be rooted in this book. So if, if this book is about um, survival and overcoming obstacles, you can actually just address by bullets, you know, certain things that, uh, uh, you know, are questions you could answer or uh, topics that you uh, could basically expand upon uh, themes in the book and things like that. Uh, there's a power in bullets and simplifying things. And uh, so many times people write in the paragraph format, um, but I would caution, you know, the eye goes to bullets, numbered list, things like that. And so that's an area where I would have, uh, you know, introductory paragraph about the book. And I would lead off with uh, introducing uh, either a, a bulleted list or a numbered list of, of, of the topics that you're willing to discuss and talk about. Um, uh, you know, other things that um, we see works with authors is just uh, a doggedness, trying different hooks and angles. Um, it's uh, always a different, uh, uh, you know, trying to figure out that didn't work. Maybe if I built on this as the lead, I could try that. And it is a, a bit of, of hit and miss. Um, but what I mean, you know, the, the, the pickup that you do get is amazing because it helps you. Uh, you can uh, put it on your website, put it on your one pager that you send out. Um, I had a uh, author who said uh, he had reached out to all his local media and they weren't interested in covering him. And he said, I'm doing a book reading in uh, about a month and I can't even get them to put it in the newspaper calendar. And he goes, and they'll put anything there. But for some reason, they just hate me. And so we did a press release and he got picked up in the front page entertainment section of USA Today. And uh, and with a, included a image of the book as well. And I'm just like, that kind of exposure is phenomenal. And uh, he, he, he circled back with me and I said, hey, scan that or link to it. And send that to the guy at the newspaper and say, hey, uh, want to reconsider including me uh, in an article? And they did. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it builds on itself. And I told them to feel free to lead with that with other people. Uh, reach out to other uh, media and publications and uh uh, the smaller ones will, will feel like, well, this is someone who's been recognized in USA Today. A lot of the bigger companies it won't work with because you can't really say, hey, uh, yeah, Wall Street Journal, New York Times covered me. You want to? It, it doesn't work that way. But um, it, it does help with the smaller papers, especially like daily papers, regional papers, things like that. A lot of times they don't know what good content is. And uh, if, if you have stuff that's very digestible for them, uh, they're more likely to use it. And also if you give them a nod that you've seen, you know, 
this this is this has been written about here they might be uh, apt to use it sometimes that works with um, your local media as well so if you see a trend in your industry and you fit that trend you might want to just reach out to local media and say hey i notice a lot of people in my industry are talking about x y and z if you'd like to discuss that with a local element i would be available to talk about my business and how it sort of fits into that and so uh you know that's that's something i always say local media is best done by you rather than a service like e-releases um because um there's usually less than 10 people in your local area, including radio and TV that would uh, write about you or report on you. And it's a matter of finding out who those writers are. And at radio and TV, it's usually producers or bookers, um, not the actual host that you want to contact. Um, just reach out to them and ask for their contact information. Um, most of them will give it to you. It's not like they're trying to hide it. Uh, you know, they're in a public uh, position and uh, it, it's very natural to, to reach out and talk to writers. Um, you can also see if they have a presence on Twitter. A lot of journalists seem to uh, navigate uh, or uh, are attracted to Twitter. So that might be an avenue for reaching out to them. And then just stay in contact with them on a regular basis, whether that's four to six times a year, more or less, um, just as you have things that uh, you come up with that might be good approaches, um, you know, uh, reach out to them and, you know, just develop a thick skin, but be friendly. Try to uh, establish a relationship if you can. Um, if you have a tip, that doesn't help you because it's not about you, um, feel free to share it with them. You know, they'll remember if you gave them a, a really good lead for a story, uh, you know, later down the line when you're asking, um, would they like to cover something that involves you? And that reciprocity can come into play at that time. The relationship thing is component. And I love those tips. Thank you for sharing them because yeah, with local media, especially uh, you can figure out pretty much you know, online anymore, who's who and, and reach out to them. And, and you got to basically get a situation to where you want to help them because as a media person, you know, whether print, television, radio, podcast, whatever the case may be, they're getting, depending on where they work, they're getting hundreds, if not thousands of pitches every day. So everyone complains about getting email. Well, imagine, you know, open up your email and there's, a thousand messages showing up. Okay. How is yours going to jump out in that? If you're somebody that has developed a relationship, their eye is going to see your name and they're going to go, okay. They may even have an email filter. Who knows? I know some do where they'll say, okay, if I ever get messages from these individuals, move it over into this folder. And that's where people will look first and say, okay, anybody, you know, commenting past, uh, you know, submissions, you know, submitting anything new or anything like that. And they look at it. That's why you see, you know, in a lot of media channels, you see a lot of people being featured time and time again. Some of them is, you know, paid arrangement, which is fine. But in many cases, it's just they submit good content. They got a good relationship with that media person and it just works really well. And, and, and thank you also for. This is something that I do, not so much with the media, but that's a great tip. I'm definitely going to you know, do that. But if I see something that comes, either a request or information that I think might be beneficial to somebody that I know that has nothing to do with me, won't, and doesn't, it's not in my purview, but I see it and I go, well, you know what? That actually would help Dawn with one of the projects that I know she's working on. Hey, Dawn, I just saw this article about this. Hope it helps. And send it. You know, They're like, wow, thank you for thinking of me. I'm like, well, I saw it. I'm like, hey. That could be beneficial. You start doing that, believe me, it comes back to you. 
big time. And um, people come out and say, well, here's this. I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for doing that. It, it just, it just, when you do that, it just makes life so much easier for, for everybody involved, in, including the media. So Mickey, I love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and, and all this awesome work that you're doing? Okay, so um, my website is ereleases.com and all my social media is on the lower right there. Um, LinkedIn's a great way to reach uh, me personally, uh, but if you call the office or chat on the website, you'll speak to an editor. Uh, I have no salespeople. Everybody there is uh, equipped to help you, uh, walk you through the process, uh, review a press release if you just want us to take a look at it and see what we think, give you some ideas. We're uh, you know willing to do that for anyone. Um, I do have a masterclass uh, on press release strategy that I put together. It's completely free. It's less than an hour, but it basically talks about a lot of these uh, high-level strategic things you can do, like the survey statistics uh, angle, the uh, researching your industry for blind spots, things like that. And it's available at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. Definitely have that information in the show notes. So Mickey, thank you so much for this amazing interview, as well as all the information you shared with the audience today. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.